Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a great day today, great night, great evening, uh, great whatever where you're at, great leap year. Um, so as you guys can see, we'll be talking about being fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> okay. Obviously I'm not the one doing that cause I'm still single, but I did have Megan on today to talk about her many children. Um, and I just think it's awesome. Uh, her, uh, her, um, how do I say it? Her attitude towards child rearing. Um, and I think a lot of new moms, uh, moms of three, moms of four, moms of eight, um, people who want to be moms, um, people who want to learn about what it is to be a mother, um, will benefit from this episode. Um, cause I definitely know I did. Um, and I love her mentality about being a mother. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and let's get right into it. All righty. Hello, Megan. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm good as well. Thank you for asking. So when I have a new person on the podcast, I ask a similar question to this. Um, what is one thing that you believe about God and why? That's a great question. I believe that he's always good and that even when things seem shaky or rocky in life, that he will always use it for good. He will do something good in it. And I feel like I've never really been a person that asks why, because I don't feel like my human mind can comprehend a lot of those things. So I don't even go there. But knowing that in this world, on this earth, we have free will. There is sin here. Things are going to happen. And I know that God is still good. And I know that he will do good Mm. through anything that happens. So I really stay really firm in that. Yeah. And I think you really learn that after going through trials. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you think that if life was always good, you'd be like, oh, yeah, God is good. But I feel like when you go through things, that's when you realize, like, even in the midst of all this hard stuff, God is still good. Yes. I love that. So good stuff. All right. So you know what? Tell the people who you are and tell them why you're on this podcast today. For sure. I'm really excited to be a part of it. So thank you for asking me. I am Megan Joy Yancey. And I love sharing our family life. Uh, My husband and I have been married for 14 years, something like that. And we have uh, six kids. We just moved on to our ranch here in Minnesota. And we have seven acres around the Mississippi. Uh, I'm not so much of an animal person, but we have like a ton of animals. So... You just never know <laughs> what can happen. <laughs> and I love I love sharing about our family, about what's going on in life, and really about living for today and finding the joy in ordinary moments. And that's just always been my heart. And I don't know, when social media became a thing, I just started sharing what was on my heart and been taking my family along for the journey. So I am really excited to be on here today and sharing with your audience too. Cool, cool. Good stuff. So, can you tell the people how many children you have? Uh, there are six of them. Six. Uh, rain, my oldest is 13 and my youngest is four. Yes. So, we are truly representing the scripture of being fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> you took that very seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what conversations around family and children 
did you have together before marriage and also, you know, during marriage and I guess leading up to having your first child? Yeah. So we had a very short time of dating, being together before we got married. We got engaged four months after we started dating. Wow. This is very quick. (laughs) Wow. Yes. And then we got married eight months later. So it was almost exactly one year of being together from the day we started dating to the day that we got married. So it was all Mm. within one year. And then we got pregnant with our honeymoon baby right away. Wow. Just kind of like dove into things. Uh, When we first started dating, we had brief conversations about what we wanted. We knew that we both wanted marriage and family. We wanted to move forward in our life uh, together. And I don't think we had super in-depth conversations, but I knew that he wanted two to three kids and he knew that I wanted to never not to never stop having kids. Like I would always say, I want to, (laughs) I just want to keep having kids. Wow. So probably in his mind, he thought she's eventually not going to want more. And in my mind, I was like, he's going to end up wanting more. You know, we just (laughs) figured we would find a flow. So Mm -hmm. as we just continued to have kids, in I think we had all six of them in within nine years. And so wow. it was, and we just, it was kind of our life. And he actually got a vasectomy after our sixth kid because he was, mm. he was done. Like he wanted two or three, <laughs> we were at six, you know, he's like, I made a compromise. And I was like, I made yeah, a compromise. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> A year, a year, a year and a half later, he actually got a vasectomy reversal. So, oh, yeah, that's like a whole other cool God story. And uh, it's been so it's been about two, two and a half years since then. So just Mm -hmm. just waiting on the Lord and whatever he has next for us. Wow. (laughs) There could be more. That's crazy. (laughs) Yes. So, um. For, why was it so like, like I need, I want to have infinity for you. What was kind of your thought process behind that? I've always wanted to be a wife and mom. Like that was my dream since I was little. And mm. I, I always, I loved babies growing up. So my youngest sister is nine years younger than me. I was like her second mom. I wanted to hold her, take care of her, do all of the things when I was in high school, we had um, a friend of the family, and he he had a little a little baby and was not able to care for him for a season. And we took mm. this little baby, and he was I don't know. We had him between probably like three and six months old, and I maybe he was a little bit older. I was in high school, and we put I begged my parents to put his crib in my room so that I could wake up with him at night and take care of him. Wow. And, <laughs> and they did. It they was meant me. to be. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. That, okay. So you're, this was meant, this was your life. This is what God wanted you to this do. It seems what like. I always wanted was, was babies and being a mom and caring for a family and building a home. And so it's, it was, I always feel like I'm living my dreams. Like this was always my dream. So I'm living it. And I'm so grateful for it. So I, I do think that it's just been anoint, an anointing on my life. I, 
I know mm. that not everybody has those same anointings and there's different seasons of them too. And so I, a lot of women will say like, I don't know how you do it with six. I can barely do it with two. And I'm like, well, we're anointed differently mm. and we have different personalities. Mm. And when I had just two little ones, it is a whole th- different ball game than when I have six now, because in some sense they entertain one another older ones can help me with certain things when it's just two you're their main source of entertainment and caretaking and everything so I I always try to encourage Mm. people not to compare where you are in the motherhood journey and and really everybody in life because it looks it looks very different and so right now as a mother of six it doesn't feel like a lot to me it feels like our normal And so I forget that oftentimes people look and they're like, oh my goodness, it's so many kids. And I'm like, what? I feel like we barely take up space. Like there should be like six more of them (laughs) than maybe. Oh, wow. So it just, just my perception of it is, I realize is very different because I don't really feel like it's a lot. (laughs) Hmm. I think that's a good point you made too. Like, some things we are just anointed to do. It's kind of like a, a talent yeah. where like the Lord has just blessed you with this ability. So I think that might be kind of uh, maybe calming or relieving for some people to know, like you don't have to have 17 children. Like if it's not your calling, it's not your calling. Some people don't even want one child or they're like content with one child. So I think that is a good point, but I also agree. I want to have four children. Um, Cause you know, roller coasters and things you know you don't want someone to be left out that's my thought process um and (laughs) I had two two brothers and my hope is like two boys two girls so I don't know if that's actually gonna happen but that is my desire I love that um but to your point I think it's like you I don't know if I grew up alone I just feel like you need to also experience things and like have someone to be like dang did you hear what mom said like oh can't stand her today you know you need somebody to kind (laughs) of bounce things off of vocalize it um yeah. So um, I think that is really helpful. And like you were saying, kind of entertain each other. So oh, yeah, that is also it's, another it's good thing. It's been point. really beautiful to see my kids' relationships with one another and mm. seeing, you know, which ones are, you know, buckheads a little bit more and which ones like really vibe well together and seeing them pray for one another and invest in one another and play with one another. Sometimes I just like sit and watching them play together because I have, I grew up with um, three siblings and I mean, the best memories. It's just like so good. So oftentimes yeah, my husband will, will be like, we gave you guys the best gift, each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I think it is awesome. Um, so I did want to ask about that too. How do you feel like your uh, understanding of like, I guess, Christian sexuality or sexuality in, in general has kind of influenced this if it has or if it hasn't? Yeah, I mean... I think it just depends on if we talk more on the lines of like religious or, you know, how kind of religion has come in and kind of showed Christians where to go. Things are like biblically grounded in what Mm. God made for our marriages. And I feel like I was raised in a really great way to learn biblically about marriage and sexuality and having children and, and what all that looked like. And I did read this book early on in our marriage. It was, it's called Be Fruitful and Multiply. And it is all Bible-based scripture on why we should just never, like, never have to control it ourselves. 
So my husband mm. had a really hard time with that book. And I was like, this is so good. <laughs> you probably loved it, right? <laughs> I was like, it's biblical yeah. truth. And he was like, that's not for everybody. And so it was uh-huh. great because I could take what I what I needed from it and, and what I had seen in scripture. And, um, and my husband could kind of grasp from that too and see like, yes, being able to look at, at scripture and how that works with our families, with our, with our marriage, within our marriage and our relationships and apply that, you know, realistically to our lives. Yeah, that's good. And I'm glad that you had a good, um, upbringing with that because most people do not you know um um, i also wanted to know too because you know obviously when you're coming together with another person they may have different views on what they want like you were saying he wanted like three and you wanted a thousand so how did you guys navigate that just kind of keeping in mind the people that are listening that are trying to do that as well yeah i i think it's different for each person right because i know that in a way my husband made a sacrifice to keep having, you know, more than he initially had wanted. And for me to make a sacrifice of less than I initially wanted and knowing that, Oh, maybe that was something we should have had deeper discussion about, you know, before we got Mm. married, but it, it hasn't so much been a point of conflict for us because of our love for one another. Really? I mean, Mm. I remember being, devastated when my husband got the vasectomy and I was determined to just, I didn't want to nag on him or make him or like be, I didn't want to hold resentment towards him and let it affect our marriage. So I just prayed. I prayed and I asked not for God to do what I wanted, but that for Holy spirit Mm. to speak to both of us and to align our hearts with his heart and I had no idea. It was Mother's Day, you know, two year, a year and a half, two years after. And he was like, I have another gift for you. And he's like, I scheduled a vasectomy reversal. And I just like broke down crying. And I had no idea he was even <laughs> contemplating it. And I just, Aww. that was Holy Spirit at work. And so I feel like it's a lot of that sacrificial love of loving your spouse more than what you desire in life. And I Mm. see that in my husband all the time. Like he will make decisions even, even when it might be hard or a point of conflict at a, for us at first, I see him always really desiring to meet the needs of my heart, even if it's not Mm. necessarily what he wants, because I think he believes and knows that God is going to align us in it anyways. And so although I think it's good to have more of an in-depth conversation, especially when it comes to how many kids both people want. I've seen God be so faithful in in our marriage and kind of bringing us together in that and trusting God in that together. And so I think that it's that sacrificial love, that mm. being able to think of your spouse before yourself and both people need to do that. You know, can't just be the one person um, and compromise. I know that some people say that compromise isn't great because neither party is happy, but at the end of the day, if I've compromised a little bit of something and it made my husband happy, like I'm happy and he feels the same way about me. And so it's not Mm -hmm. so much about my, like me getting everything I, I want. 
but knowing that he's happy in that too. So definitely praying, 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 and not trying to control it all ourselves. And oftentimes I'll get caught up in that. I'm like, no, but it's supposed to look like this or it's supposed to be this way. And reminding myself, I need to surrender. I need to give it to God. I need to trust him. And knowing that, you know, if it's his will, if it's what he has for our lives, then it will, then it'll come to pass. Yeah, that's all so good. Um, Yeah. And I know it sounds so bad, compromise, sacrifice, but I think that's honestly what, um, like this, it's distinctive of love. Like that's Mm -hmm. what love does. Like, sorry, you know, like, (laughs) but I think it's beautiful when you experience it, like someone's sacrificing for you and compromising for you. I think that's, that's beautiful. So I think people need to understand it more for a beautiful thing than like you're losing something. Right. So that was a good point. Well, I think Jesus Um, sets the example of that sacrificial love for us. And so just being able to take his example and living that out in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even as you were talking, I know some people will say like, um, I don't want to have children. Then they meet someone they're loving like, Oh, I have to have a child who looks just like them. You know, like (laughs) people change their minds because of the love that they have for people. So you never know. Um, so yeah, just prayer and conversation. I think that is definitely a good point that you made. Yeah. Um, so what what is your plan going forward? Like, is it is it nine? Is it is it twenty? What are you guys thinking? From, because you got the reversal. <laughs> I truthfully would never prohibit being able to get pregnant. Meaning, I would. That's so just- wild to me. <laughs> How are you? I just have so many questions. How are you? your body? <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> I love being pregnant. I really love being pregnant. Are you, are your pregnancies like kind of, uh, I don't want to say easy, but like, uh, manageable for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love being pregnant. I have really tough, long labors, but it's worth it for me. So, and I don't want wow. to hate it. Like I had one baby is- who was posterior positioned in my belly and I never felt them kick. And it was so sad for me because I love to feel the life in me, but because of the positioning of the placenta, like it was a cushion, so I couldn't feel it ever. And it was so mm. sad. I was like, that's the best part of being pregnant. So <laughs> you were literally meant for this. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. No, I, would, oh, I man, mean, I really, good. I would just keep getting pregnant until I couldn't anymore until I was in mm. so that's uh, okay <laughs> so what I don't I mean I guess it depends on the woman but like what would you say to people who are even nervous about having their first child I mean I think that it's that's a whole new ball game when you go from no children to one child is the biggest your biggest transition it especially if you have a very structured rhythm of life. I was Mm. just turned, I had just turned 22. I was pregnant during my, during being 21 years old. I was like a little baby myself. So I didn't really have (laughs) my own structured life. I was just Mm. catapulting into this. So I think it especially can be really different when you have this, this whole system and rhythms of life and you're kind of you're adding in this beautiful new miracle and it's going to shake and rattle things um but again it's that that surrendering i think 
I'm not a super controlling person, but I, but I also realize there's facets of me where I, I want to be in a little bit more control of things and, you know, mm. continually dying to that of like, nope, I need mm. to give this to God. He's got it. I'm, we're going to be good. I, I don't need to control this. And also being able to release that burden of control. And, you know, at the end of the day, it can be a huge burden for us. So really just mm. trusting, just trusting what's before you. Yeah, that's good. So for all you moms, well, soon to be moms, yes. trust the Lord. He's got you. <laughs> um, so can you talk to us a little bit about like the biggest challenge having so many children, but also the biggest blessing? Yeah, I always say motherhood is the most challenging thing and the biggest blessing. Like it's both of those things mm. wrapped up in everything we do. Uh, I think it could be different for each person's personality of you know, like some moms can handle loudness and craziness and chaos and Mm -hmm. moms who can't handle that as much. That's probably their biggest thing is like the noise. Like it's always loud Mm. here. People be like, Hey, can I, uh, do you want to, can I call you tomorrow for a phone call? I'm like, Nope, just text me. Like, I'm not going to be able to hear (laughs) you. Right. You You don't want to do that. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. (laughs) So I've gotten really accustomed to a little bit of chaos, but finding order within it. Um, I would say in this current season of motherhood, having my oldest 13 and my youngest four, it's navigating meeting the emotional needs of my older kids and the physical needs of my younger kids. Like my mm. little ones, I, my six-year-old and four-year-old were squeezed in between me and my husband in bed last night. I had them like snuggled in both arms. like, And I just knew that they needed me because they started school this mm. week and I knew that they needed mom snuggles. And then- my 13-year-old wants to sit and have, you know, tell me all about her day and these full conversations. And I want to meet her there. I want to be present. I want her to know that I'm listening and that I care. And so I think it's just making sure that I'm available and really present for them. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say I, I would see it as a challenge, but just as a something I want to be aware of because I don't, I don't want to bypass those things because they are the most important thing. Like my kids yeah. and making sure they know the Lord and um, keeping my marriage strong. That's the foundation of it with God being the center first, last, all of it. And so yeah. I don't want to lose sight of that. So I really try to stay really cognizant of that and putting them first. Um, mm-hmm. and my biggest joy is right now, because it, it, it does often you know, change in different seasons uh, right now, it would probably be seeing them pursue different passions and things that they love and seeing what they're really gifted at and skilled at and helping them kind of hone in on what it is that they like. So um, my daughter just started volleyball. And so I played volleyball and I love volleyball, volleyball. And I never want the kids to feel pressure to do certain things. But she started showing yeah. a little bit of passion. I was like, okay, I played volleyball. I know how to do it so I can train you. And she's like, yes. And she's super excited. And- <laughs> My, cool. my other daughter wants to learn piano. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, let's do piano. And I might learn guitar and we can learn music together and just kind of meeting them in their space of what they're doing and also seeing their friendships blossom and seeing different person, like mm. different parts of their personality come out within their different relationships has just been really unique as my kids have gotten older and been walking yeah. into new experiences. Mm-hmm. So can you 
like tell us any like practical ways to be sure to do that because i just imagine like there's so many of them it's like did i talk to this one today about how they're feeling it was it or was it that one over there <laughs> like, yes I don't know. <laughs> yeah i think there's there's been times where my husband's like i don't think i even saw shiloh today or like talked to her she's like our more quiet reserved child so there has been okay. times where like she went to bed at night and like he didn't see her you know and Okay. And then he and then he feels bad. And so there's definitely those times where it's like, oh, there's a lot of them. And I want to make sure they feel my love every day. Um, mm. So we try to leave a lot of space for that just in general. So in the mornings when we're all getting ready, um, I'm just making – I greet every kid. So I make sure, like, I say good morning and I hug whenever we get home from somewhere or I, – I grew up like that, like – we, I gave my mom and dad a hug and kiss in the morning. I gave them a hug and kiss goodbye mm-hmm. when I went to school. I gave them a hug and kiss when I got home from school. And I gave them a hug and kiss when I went to bed. So that I, wow. I feel like that's normal, but maybe it's not. I don't know. It sure isn't. <laughs> sure is not. <laughs> okay. So it was just like, they were of the mindset, like, you never know what's going to happen. So I want to make sure that I, mm. you know, I tell you that I love you. We, we told each other, hug and kiss and I love you four, five, six, seven times a day. So that's our, that's just naturally built into our house. So I'm greeting them in the morning. I say goodbye to them when they go to school, which is, you know, just new this week um, after mm-hmm. summer break and in um, nine years of homeschooling. So that's a really different shift for me. And then when they get home, oh, yeah. same thing. And then I really want to be intentional with our time, you know, that I'm taking time so then if I have a conversation with one of them, like, how was your day? And they start telling me, I just, in my mind, I make sure that I get to each one and that I ask all of them mm-hmm. and that I just, okay. and it doesn't, it doesn't feel heavy or hard for me or like, I need to remember. And also <laughs> one thing that I learned and practiced years and years and years ago is I would lay down at night and I would start thinking of all the different ways that I failed or that I did sucky job as a mom that day, or I like lost Mm. my temper or whatever it might've been. And I would replay it and I would feel so guilty and so bad. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not what God created us for to go through the day like this and then harbor guilt in our hearts for in our motherhood. So I Mm. completely shifted my mindset, took my thoughts captive and started replaying all the great ways that I showed up for them, all the amazing times I had with my kids that day. Even if it was very simple, small, short things, I would ponder on all of the good things. And I just marinated in that. And I practiced that, practiced that, practiced that. Because I don't think as mothers, we should live in guilt constantly. And that's mm. not going to make us any better. So I really, 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 really wanted to live out just a positive mindset with motherhood and not hold on to guilt. So I released that a long time ago. So let's say I did forget, you know, asking a kid how their day was or, or, or spending yeah. quality time with them in that day. I don't stay in that space of like, Oh my goodness, I did that. I'm like, all right, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to make sure that I make a little bit extra time for that kid so that I hmm. can meet so that they know that I care and that I'm there for them. And so, um, I don't stay in the negative. I, I really, I, I really try to continue to grow in that area. Um, and instead of it being hard 
I just think of it as like such a gift that I have six of them that I get to check in on and like see their beautiful growth and um, spend time. And we also are pretty intentional about doing one-on-one dates. So I, if, if one of them is asking me for someone on one time, I just try to make it, just try to make that time for them and then plan dates and stuff like that too. Cool. Yeah. And that kind of, when you're speaking, it reminded me of uh, the verse that talks about like, um, keep your mind on these things, things that are just and things that are, you know, yeah, that's, that's how we should be living. So I think that's awesome that you're able to apply that to motherhood because I'm not a mother yet, but I always hear moms saying like, oh, they feel like they haven't done enough or they didn't, they're not doing it right. So, but also you admitting, like, sometimes I do forget things. That's helpful to see, like, you're not a perfect parent because <laughs> it's no. impossible. No, um, I mess up every so, day. Well, see, that's good. And we got <laughs> we got one of them right behind you. <laughs> yes, yes. Cool. Got a little, uh, an appearance. Um, There's the little one. You can go really quick. Are you I can't. I have to finish this and then I can, okay? <laughs> yes, that's perfect for this episode. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So, um, awesome. So is there any like last remarks you have for moms or moms of just one child or just, you know, moms in general that you think would be helpful? Yeah. I think stemming off of just that word of, of really releasing guilt. I think in our culture, it's just a guilt ridden (laughs) culture of like Mm -hmm. feeling bad for this and needing to, you know, fix things in this area and really not staying in that place uh, and knowing that you are exactly the mom that your kids need. Like your Mm. kids don't need me as their mom. I'm not going to be great for your kids. I'm really great for my kids because I I know them and I know their Mm. heart and I know how to reach them. Like I literally am learning how to communicate with each of them. As, as we go through life, I'm learning how to reach my 13 year old who's super hormonal. I'm learning how to speak to her, how my tone of voice should be, how I, how Mm. I can reach her so that she feels safe with me and can open up to me. And so I am the best for my 13 year old. I am the best for my 12 year old, my 10 year old, my eight year old, my six, my four year old. And I'm not going to be the best for anybody else's kid because each mom is what their kid needs. They are Mm -hmm. like, God made you for that motherhood, for that kid. Yes, please hold on one second. Okay, please come here for a second, sweetie. And so um, knowing to have a lot of patience and a lot of grace with yourself. And um, and with your children. <laughs> and um, just hold on a second, okay, sweetie? Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to give this to you. All of it? Sure. <laughs> She, she knows how to get her. I also love children so much, so I might end up like you <laughs> accidentally, you know? <laughs> that might be my life. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You just yeah. you might have those first ones and be like, yeah, this is pretty amazing. It's, it's such a gift. Yeah. But as you were speaking, it made me think of, I actually read this morning, I think, I believe it was First John 3.20 that talks about whenever your heart condemns you, um, basically the nor- the Lord knows better. So when you don't com- condemn yourself, you'll be confident in, in God. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying directly speak to that. You're more boldly able to con- c- come to Christ um, and be confident in who you are as a mother for your own children. So yes. 
Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful thing for you to say. God yeah. equips us for what he has called us to. You know, he's not going to just be like, mm. oh, you're going to do this now, but you're on your own. Like he's walking with us. And right. He's equipping us for it every day. And so, you know, being able to, I just remember growing up, my mom, I would wake up in the morning and my mom had already spent hours with the Lord and would just, Mm, she spent her mornings just with Jesus. And I just feel like it prepared her to mother us, you know, each, each and every day. And so I also try to really stay in the word, stay in worship, stay in prayer, starting my day like that and continuing it through the day because I'm not, I can't do it by myself because I mean, sometimes it does feel like there's a lot, but most of the time I'm like, this is all good. I can handle a few more, but sometimes it feels like, Mm -hmm. Oh wow, this is, there's a lot going on right now. Um, Mm. and I can't do it on my own. But when I realize that I don't have to do it on my own and that the Lord's strength will sustain me each day, it just, I don't know, it just takes the pressure off. You know, it's just a release. Yeah. That's so good. Yes, I pray that this episode blesses you guys because you can learn so much from this. Now, where can the people find you? All over the place. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> at Megan Joy Today. Uh, we have our family account, Living the Yancey Life, and that's also on YouTube. And my oh, cool. website with my blog is MeganJoyYancey.com. And it's Megan, like Meg Han, with the H in the, with the, H in the middle. <laughs> I'll put it in the description for yeah. people. <laughs> Cool. Yes. Awesome. So also you guys know, um, you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube as well. Um, again, thank you so much, Megan, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Of course. And, um, as you guys know, remember to speak the truth in love and kiss the sun. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.